Good morning. How y'all doing? Now, I'm not from North Carolina. I've lived there 21 years, but I'm learning how to say y'all. How y'all doing? They got some snow down there in North Carolina today. They're freaking out. Nobody knows what to do. You're up here going, no big deal. It's good to be with you. Uh, well, we had a great night last night honoring the graduates. How many graduates are here this morning? Come on, put your hands up. Give them a hand. Come on. Yeah. Well done. That was such an honor to be part of that. And uh, boy, there's great days ahead in the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Are you awake? Yeah. Are you breathing? Okay, good. We want participation today, so it's going to be good. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of great things happening in the kingdom, and so uh, we're, uh, when Dwight got a hold of me, by the way, I just, this is a funny story. I had hardly any ministries, uh, traveling ministries scheduled for January, and we're in the middle of 21 days of prayer and fasting at our church, and I was like, okay, I'll concentrate on that and do that. And I said to my wife, I said, you know, I really don't have much ministry in January. She goes, well, you never know. Something will, something will come up. This is in December, and I'm going, honey, no, pastors don't plan like that short term. I said, they plan months ahead, preaching schedule. She goes, yeah, but you never know. And this is going on really even in early January. I said, yeah. She goes, yeah, but you never know. And then this guy calls me like last week. He goes, what are you doing next week? And I said, I'm not home. I'm just, we're doing, he goes, can you come? I said, yes. <laughs> and I went with my tail between my legs and said, honey, guess what? I'm going to Ohio. It's great to be in Ohio in January. Thank you for no snow until tonight. Thank you. It's good to be with you. Um, I've got so many things stirring in me. I'm not sure how to get them all out yet. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. We'll do the prophetic stuff at the end, but I got some stuff stirring in me. So, okay, this, and Dwight said, he says, hey, we're, we're talking about the kingdom of God. And very interesting. We launched today, which, by the way, at our church, only, inline, or, uh, only online services today. They canceled all the in-person because, like I said, when you get that much snow in North Carolina, <laughs> people go, well, I can't go out. Anyway, so... Uh, but we're launching a series today at our church called On the Kingdom of God. Wow. Pretty cool. And he asked me to speak on the kingdom. So, um, okay, I just got, okay, Matthew chapter 23. Let's go. You ready? Got your Bibles? If you're under 20, this is a Bible. It's actually a book. It's not a device. It's not an app. It's a book. So Matthew chapter 23. We're going to look at what I would call, when it comes to the kingdom, contrasting operating systems. Things that contrast. You know, we have kingdoms in conflict is a way to describe it. We have two different kingdoms. There's the kingdom of darkness and there's the kingdom of light. We're in the kingdom of light, aren't you glad? But there's a whole lot of people today, right now, right in this area, that are walking around in the kingdom of darkness. They're under the rulership Basileia is the word for kingdom. It's the rulership of a king. They're under the authority and the rulership of darkness. Sun shining, they're walking in darkness. The reason you exist here is to bring them out of that. That's right. That's it. Thank you for Invite Sunday. Can I just challenge you? Why don't you make every Sunday Invite Sunday? Right, right. Amen. Thank you, Dwight. Why don't you make every Sunday an Invite Sunday? Come on, somebody. The number one way that people still come to church is personal invitation. Number two, website. You got a good website. But you know what? Number one, 
It'll never change. Personal invitation. Now, here's my question. What keeps you from inviting? Got real quiet. Okay, I'm going to start. Who's, who's doing the youth right now? Are you serious? You're too old. I heard the word youth council. You're to develop a youth council. You know, we have, we have elders in church. You know, I'm a governing elder in our church. We have two tiers of, we have governing elders and shepherding elders because we're larger. You know, we have council of elders and wisdom of that. You need a youth council, yeah. and you need to sit down and say, why don't your friends come to our church? And they'll go, well, and say, be honest with me. Well, we're kind of weird. Well, we do this, and we do that, and I don't know, and I'm embarrassed, and all that. Honestly, you say, why don't, your, why don't you invite your friends? What keeps you from inviting? You should be so fired up saying, you've got to come to our church. Right. You have to come. Oh, you have to. It's my, the highlight of my week. It's awfully quiet here. Did the Buckeyes lose this weekend? What's going on? Anyway, so, you know, get a council of youth. Sit around a table with a bunch of young people. Yeah, order a pizza. They want to eat. Okay, so order a pizza and sit around and go, so, tell me something. What's going on in your high school? What's going on? What, what are kids talking about with God? What, come on, have a God conversation and find out where they're at. Say, what do we need to do to get them in here? Your goal is to get people out of their house on Sunday and in here and not just attending, but into leadership at some point. That's the long-term goal. Get people out of their house on Sunday morning and into leadership at Redeemers, doing something for the kingdom of God. It's going to happen. Okay, Matthew 23. (laughs) I just have to get these things out as they go. Contrasting operating systems. There's two systems at war in the earth right now. You see it everywhere. You see it on your TV screens. You see it in the, in the news. You see it everywhere. And I want to describe it this way. It's actually, when it comes to the prophetic, which is where I, my gear I run in, I'm going to label it as prophets versus Pharisees. Prophets versus Pharisees. Matthew chapter 23, Jesus is speaking to his favorite congregation. The Pharisee church. Verse 13, he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. Watch this. This is so important about the kingdom. For you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You neither enter yourselves, nor do you allow those who would enter to go in. You're shutting off the kingdom. Can you think of anything greater? As far as crisis in the earth, when it comes to mortality and eternity, what's the greatest crisis? People not having access to the eternal kingdom of God. Jesus puts his finger right on it. He goes, you are shutting off the whole reason why I came. I came to open the kingdom of heaven. His first words, what? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He preached the gospel of the kingdom. He says, well, we got a problem in the earth. You're shutting off the kingdom. You don't enter yourselves, and you are not allowing those who are supposed to enter to come in. That's a crisis. That's the crisis Jesus came to repair. 
So that's the crisis of the Pharisee system. Can I just describe for just a minute what Pharisee is? First of all, it's not an old bearded man that lived in Israel. Pharisee is a system. It's a religious system. Jesus was really nice to everybody on the planet when he came, except the Pharisees. Pharisee is a religious system. I'm going to describe it a little bit more in a few minutes. So don't think person, think system. The characteristics, how do you know if somebody's pharisaical? How do you know? Well, watch the, watch the description of the, of the characteristics that Jesus brings out. I'm going to go quickly, but if you're in the Bible or scroll with me. Now, verse 16. Woe to you blind guides. Verse 17, you blind fools. Verse 19, you blind men. (laughs) Verse 24, you blind guides. What an oxymoron. Would you ever hire a blind guide? Verse 26, in case you're not getting it yet, you blind Pharisees. What is the chief characteristic of the Pharisee system? No spiritual sight. They're blind. There's people walking around right now in these neighborhoods, blind. Go with me for a minute to Genesis 3. I want to show you the source. What's the source of their blindness then? How do they become blind? Where did it come from? Fall of man. Very simple. In Genesis chapter 3, the serpent came and tempted the woman. And in verse 4, it says, The serpent said to the woman, If you eat of this, you will not die. God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open. Really? Really? Their eyes were already open. Because the serpent can only lie. The devil is a liar. He cannot say the truth, so he said the opposite. The day that you eat thereof, your eyes will close. You will become blind. The source of our blindness is the fall, the depravity of our own situation. Hmm. So, what's the solution? Jesus had some great ideas, don't you think? <laughs> it was more than a, how many know Jesus was more than a great idea? Right. <laughs> it was the sovereign plan of God. Go back to Matthew chapter 23. We're going to keep going now. Verse 33. Now Jesus changes his verbiage for a minute. He's calling them, you blind guides, you blind men, you blind fools, you blind Pharisees. Verse 33, you serpents. Ah, see, he puts his finger on the source. Goes all the way back to Genesis. He says, you serpents. You're just like the serpent. You serpents who lie and cause blindness. You serpents, you brood of vipers. How are you to escape being sentenced to hell? Verse 34, therefore, here comes the answer. 
Jesus, what's the answer to this crisis? How are you going to counter the Pharisee system? Jesus, I have, I, have a, I have a plan. I have an answer. Therefore, watch, I send you prophets. What? I send you prophets and wise men and scribes. Luke says it this way. In Luke chapter 11, verse 49, he says, I send you prophets and apostles. Those are the wise men. Scribes, teachers. Isn't that interesting? 1 Corinthians 12, 28 says, and God set in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. Hello? God doesn't change things up to adapt to us. He says, this is the way I'm going to do it. You better adapt to me. Build my church the way I want to build it. I set in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. So Jesus says this, therefore, here's my solution to the Pharisee crisis, to the problem of the kingdom of darkness. In order to open up the kingdom of light in this earth, I've come to bring the kingdom. I will be sending you apostles and prophets. I'm going to send into what? You. Who's you? The system, not the guys. I'm going to send into this dark system light. I'm going to send into this system me. Jesus was all the five apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. He's the embodiment of Christos, anointing. The Christ, Ephesians 4, when he ascended, he gave gifts unto men. And to some, he gave part of himself as an apostle, part of himself as a prophet, part of himself as a pastor and teacher and evangelist. He distributed the full cloak of his anointing into five categories to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. He said, here's my remedy to open up the kingdom of God. Me. How's it going to happen? I'm going to put it in people. Not those five, by the way. Not just those five. He goes, I'm going to equip them to equip you. We say in North Carolina, equip y'all. The fivefold ministry is not supposed to do the ministry. Hello? It's for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Come on, somebody. Why is Dwight going to Africa? To equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. That's why you're sending him. So, not finished. Verse 35, don't, don't miss this part. I'm going to send prophets and wise men and scribes so that, purpose clause in the Greek, verse 35, Hina with an objective there, so that, for this purpose, why am I going to send apostles and prophets? Why am I going to do this? So that, watch, he's talking to the system now, not the people, that on you may come all the righteous blood shed on the earth from the blood of the innocent Abel to the blood of Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, whom you murdered. He's holding court right now. Jesus is the prosecuting attorney. He's holding court before all of heaven and earth. And he's bringing an indictment against a false system that's shutting off the kingdom of heaven. He says, I'm going to send me in the form of apostles and prophets so that on you will become all the righteous blood that's been shed. And he gives him a history lesson from Abel to the end of the Old Testament, 
Barakai, the son of... Because why? That was the whole chronological scheme there. The blood of innocent Abel to the blood of Zechariah, the son of Barakai. Zechariah, the son of Barakai, was the last of the chronological prophets in the, in the Old Testament. He's bringing the whole... He's bringing the whole... Old Testament case and laying it down before this, this system that started in the Garden of Eden and he says, I'm holding you in contempt. <laughs> You're guilty. I'm laying on you the blood of all the innocent from Abel all the way. And I've come to open up a new era. The kingdom of God. And you shut it off for the last time. So that on you may come all the righteous blood shed on the earth from the blood of innocent Abel to the blood of Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, whom you murdered. I, thought, I wasn't in the garden when I didn't, I didn't murder Cain. Or I didn't murder Abel. I wasn't there. Oh no, your system did though. Why did Cain murder Abel? Heresy. Murder, it's a murderous system. It takes lives, it doesn't give it. That's why it shuts off the kingdom. It doesn't, it doesn't give life, it takes life. Whom you murdered between the sanctuary and the altar. Watch this last phrase now, verse 36. Truly I say to you, your system, all these things will come upon this generation. Genea from genomai in the Greek, which is where we would get the word uh, in biology for genus, genus and species. It means all those of like characteristics. This will come, watch what he says, verse 36. Truly, I say to you, all these things will come upon anybody that operates in these same characteristics. Wow. Back in verse, verse 34, it says, therefore I send you, in the Greek, it's actually the present perfect tense, which would say this way, therefore, I will always be sending you apostles and prophets. It wasn't the 12 that Jesus chose only. Jesus said, I will always be sending into this system where it's broken and shutting off the kingdom. I will always send apostles and prophets to break open the kingdom. I'll always do it until I come again. So yeah, he had his 12, and there were apostles and prophets in the book of Acts and all that. And then dispensational theology, theology goes, well, you know what? We don't need those anymore. Right. Really? Right, right. Where did that come from? It's a doctrine of devils. Yeah. You're the devil, and you, you're, Jesus is prophesying this into the Pharisee system. And the devil's sitting there going, rut-roll. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> He's going to send apostles and prophets? to destroy my system that's shutting off the kingdom, what am I going to do? I better get rid of the idea that there's apostles and prophets. That would be a good idea. Now, it might take me a few generations, but I'm going to work on that. And boy, he did. So we had apostles and prophets in the, in the, in the early church. And then things began to get established. And then there was the established church, and there was this religious system. Come on, somebody. And the system came in, and then pretty soon schools of thought, and then the church plummeted into the dark ages. Why? Because we don't need apostles and prophets anymore. And then schools of theology and religious institutions began to teach that. They're, they're, you don't need them anymore. You don't need apostles. You don't need prophets. 
They were there for the first church. We don't need them anymore. Now we have the fourth member of the Trinity. A book. We just need the Bible. God doesn't need to speak today. We don't need apostles. They were for the first church to establish it. And so the devil seeded into theology. In schools of theology, there are no longer apostles and prophets. The devil's going, finally! Woo-hoo! Woo, the heat's off, man. Woo, that Matthew 23 thing. Woo, I, I finally, I, I, I've got a cover now. Thank God the church doesn't believe in apostles and prophets anymore because that's the thing that's going to destroy me. That's the thing that's going to open up the kingdom of heaven, so I need to shut it down. Give them pastors. Take care of them. Love them. Do their funerals. Do their burials. Do their, do that, that's fine. Teach, 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 teach. Just fill them with head now. That's fine. Evangelists, we kick them out of the church and give them a tent. Give them big meetings, and then they go goofy. But please, no apostles and no prophets, please. Because that's what's going to indict me. I will always be saying, so there's the dark ages come upon the church. 1100, 1200, the dark ages. Where did did the dark ages come from? Blindness. Yeah. Yeah. See, the kingdom of darkness was pushing hard against the kingdom of God. And the dark ages came upon the church. And then God says, that's enough. I'm going to do what I said I would always do. I will always be sending apostles and prophets to break open this thing. And so he taps this little skinny monk by the name of Luther in the Catholic church and says, Luther, yeah, he says, I'm sending you. Apostles are sent ones, apostello, to be sent. He says, Luther, what? You're an apostle. I am? I thought I was a priest. No, you're actually an apostle, and I'm sending you. Where, where are you sending me? Into your own system. It's a religious system. It's Pharisee. You're right in the middle of the Pharisee camp. I'm, gonna, I'm now going to give you a prophetic word. See, apostles and prophets. Just get, get rid of titles. Get it's, a, it's about functioning in Christ. Right. He goes, you're now going to function for what I called you to do, and you're now going to be apostolic with a prophetic word in your mouth, and here's the word. He goes, Where do, what's the word, Lord? He goes, read the book of Romans. Well, Luther went back in the book of Romans, and he's reading the book of Romans, and suddenly he goes, Waha! The just shall live by faith. What? Never saw that before. Never saw it. I read it, but I didn't see it. Come on, somebody. You've read your Bible, and you didn't see it. Then all of a sudden you read something and you saw it. Because the Holy Spirit breathed on that. And Luther went, wow! He goes, now Luther, what? Go prophesy that. I will always be sending apostles and prophets. And it started a reformation. We're living in it, folks. We're living in that. And it's going to continue. And every time there's a downward cycle, God sends apostles and prophets into a religious system to indict the enemy and break open the kingdom of light. That's why we're here. We're living in dark days, don't you know it? Come on, somebody. It's getting darker. I got good news from Isaiah. Gross darkness will cover the earth, but the light of the glory of the gospel will shine brighter and brighter and brighter. You don't use your high beams when you leave here on Sunday morning, but Sunday night, 
you turn your high beams on. Why? It gets, gets dark. The church needs to put on its high beams. This is our hour to shine. And some of the darkest things are going on in the youth, young people. Crisis reveals who you really are. Crisis has revealed who the church really is. Some are not here today. There's churches that don't exist that were here two years ago, three years ago. Couldn't make it. During COVID, 30% of American pastors seriously considered quitting. 30%, one-third. It means one out of every three pastors wanted to quit. And some did. Darkness. I will always be sending apostles and prophets. You can be in a church configuration, but operating in a Pharisee system. Uh oh. I'll say that again. You can be in a church configuration. It looks like a church, it smells like a church, acts like a church, but it's operating in a Pharisee system, right. shutting off the kingdom. That's why you've got to have, I'm sorry, I, I'm, just, I'm going to be kind. Every Sunday needs to be Invitation Sunday. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not dissing what you're doing. I think that's great. But model that. That's your model. Right. Your model is invite somebody. Right. You've got the best news in town, folks. Yeah. This is where the kingdom is. People can find Christ here. It's all that matters. You know that. It's all that matters. So we're going to finish up. <clears throat> Revelation chapter 18. Now, Pharisee has, it's one system, but it has different names. And another name for it in Revelation is simply the word Babylon. Babylon describes the Pharisee system. Um, Antichrist is really what it is, because Antichrist describes anything which is against Christ. The devil's against Christ. So in the garden, it's Antichrist that came in through the serpent. It was Pharisee. It was against everything Jesus stood for. So here we have, in Revelation chapter 18, now watch. I'm going to start in verse, uh, verse 1. After this, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority. Great authority. Say great authority. Where's the authority? It's not in Washington, D.C. It's not number 10 Downing Street. It's not anywhere else. The great authority is the throne of our God. I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was made bright with his glory. Watch. And he called out with a mighty voice. He's shouting. God's beginning to shout. Listen, the world has a voice. The world, there's so much voice right now. And the church is whispering. What is wrong with us? Time to shout. We've got the only message that brings life. And everybody else is out there. Media feeds and websites and YouTube. There's voices everywhere. And the church is there. See if we can keep the building open for another service. Right. We're whispering. He called out with a mighty voice. Watch this. Fallen, fallen is Babylon the Great. Come on, somebody. This is shouting material. 
Am I the only one excited? No. Dwight's getting there. No. <laughs> Fallen. Fallen is Babylon the Great. It seemed so great. The world system seemed so big and so, so controlling and powerful. And yet the angel had to come down and say, excuse me, everybody. Right. It's going to fall. Yeah. Fallen is Pharisee. Fallen is Babylon the Great. She, watch, she has become a dwelling place for demons. A hunt for every unclean spirit, a hunt for every unclean bird, a hunt for every unclean and detestable beast. Watch verse 3. This is where Pharisee resides and operates today in your world, right here in Columbus, Ohio. All the nations have drunk of the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. Hello, every nation. Where is Pharisee? It's in every political system. Every political system is corrupt. Why? It's run by Pharisee. Sorry, you can vote in and pray for, That's and you right. can get Christian politicians, but guess what? They're going into a corrupt system. The kings of the earth have committed immorality with her. The kings of the earth. What's a king of the earth? Modern-day kings. Don't think just a monarch. Influencers. Those that have influence over other people are kings. Bill Gates is a king of the earth. Oprah Winfrey, she's a king of the earth. Why? You get on her best-selling list, you become a millionaire. Come on, Betty. Hey, Oprah, can you sell my book? It's like, <laughs> I mean, that's influence, everybody. Kings of the earth, influencers. They've committed immorality. They've gone to bed with Pharisees. That's right. In the case you're saying, well, I'm not that, and I'm not that, here you go. And the merchants of the earth have grown rich from the power of her luxurious living. The merchants of the earth. Hello, Walmart, Amazon. The merchants of the earth. Everybody, you're in. Hello. Everybody participates with the merchants of the earth. Every economic system. Where is Pharisee? It's in all the political systems. It's in all the universities and colleges where they're developing future kings of the earth. And it's in every economic system in the earth. Good, bad, and ugly, even in abject poverty where you're going, it's still run by the merchants of the earth. Africa was tamed and colonized because of the merchants of the earth came down and said, we can exploit this country for all their minerals. Come on, somebody. Pharisee is in every system of the earth. What are we going to do? <laughs> I can't go to Walmart now. <laughs> what are we going to do? Oh my gosh. Lord, do you have an answer? <laughs> First of all, change your attitude. Go to verse 20. Change your attitude. Listen, it's not chicken little. The sky is falling, the sky is falling, the Pharisees all around. <laughs> and it's not chicken little, it's Paul Revere. Jesus is coming. Amen. We got a message. That's right. We got a shout. The angel came with a loud shout. We have the greatest message on the earth, and we're whispering. The church is whispering. Yeah. Like, come on, in person, Michael, shake his hand. That's okay.
gentle outreach. I know that water bounces. <laughs> Be nice. I called it a mighty shout. This thing's coming down. The angel shouted, Fallen is Babylon. Why? Because of verse 20. Watch verse 20. What, are, what is our attitude of the church in this hour? Rejoice over her. Over her. Not with her, not under her. Rejoice over her. You have a rejoicing responsibility. Amen. I agree. Rejoice. And again I say, rejoice. Amen. Rejoice. What's that mean? Hallelujah! We're going to win. Why? Babylon's going to fall. Right. Come on. Under the feet of Christ. Absolutely. In the meantime, we conquer. We overcome. Yeah. Rejoice over her. Oh, he's not talking to me. This is the book of Revelation. <laughs> Who? Rejoice over her. Who? Uh, you saints. How many are a saint? Right. If you're not, we'll give an altar call real quick. How many? You want to receive Jesus? You can become a saint. You can come out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Receive Christ as your savior, the only one that can save you from your sin. Rejoice over her. Heaven. First of all, you know, heaven's not having a slumber party. They're not crying. They're not ashamed. They're not it's a happy place. Y'all look so sad this morning. What the heck? I mean, wait, come on, we're going. Do you know where you're going? Right, I agree. Heaven is... <laughs> okay. Another series we're going to do. Rejoice over her, heaven. You're already doing it. And you saints, why don't you join the throng of heaven, this rejoicing right now. Hey, it's going to fall. You know, they don't deal with clocks and time and chronos time. They deal with eternity. They're going, this thing's coming down. We're so happy up here because we just see that we see the, the end. We saw the end of the movie. This is going to come down. Babylon's going to fall. <clears throat> Rejoice good. over her heaven, you saints. Watch the next two categories. And who else? And you apostles and prophets. Oh, John put that in there specifically to remind us how this thing's going to come down. Why we should be rejoicing. What makes the devil mad are apostles and prophets who are helping open up the kingdom of heaven and bring the rejoicing throng of the church going, we rejoice, why? Bring the pandemics, we don't care. Babylon's going to fall and we're going into heaven. We're marching toward the finish, everybody. There is a finish coming. There's going to be a finishing generation. They might be sitting in the room today, but there will be a generation that finishes. Rejoice over her heaven, saints, apostles, and prophets for... Why do we rejoice? What's there to rejoice about? This is like day, year two of a pandemic. What the heck? Because God, watch, has given judgment for you against her. That's right. Who's going to judge Babylon? Who's gonna, who's, who, who, can, who can understand what's going on, really? Do you understand the war between the conflict of kingdoms? What's the difference between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light? Who can understand it? Who can judge? Who can evaluate? What's going on? You watch Fox News, you watch your favorite news channel, and you get done and go, how do we evaluate what's going on in our world? Because the apostolic prophetic dimensions of Christ are in you, and he's given judgment to you against her against all the characteristics that are running in people that don't know because they're blind and lost. Right, that's right. 
so now you go to Walmart and you're standing in line and somebody's in front of you and she's crying and she's upset she's on her cell phone I don't again and she's sitting there and she's lost she's dark she's hurting and you can judge Pharisee because Pharisee is breaking her down the devil has got her life and you can bring judgment against this excuse me um, I'm sorry are you okay you don't know me, but listen, I'm a Christian. Right. Can I pray for you? How many have ever asked somebody if you can pray for them? And they said, please don't. Right. <laughs> Especially during COVID. When COVID's over, you can pray for me. Yeah. Right. Crazy. So I work in Wales quite a bit. I work with the, the leader of uh, New Wine Cymru. Cymru is the Welsh name for Wales. New Wine Cymru, my good friend Julian Richards. I've known him 35 years. He leads a whole network of churches in Wales. They're having massive things happen there. Healings, all kinds of things. Uh, they did this thing called Mission to Wales. They started in 2017. They rolled it out the first year. They reached 8,000 people on the streets for Christ. 8,000 people made decisions in one year. They did it by doing, uh, they did training. You go to almost like James Kennedy, evangelism explosion. If you die tonight, do you know for sure you go to heaven? Yeah, but just, and Julian started out out of Bible college doing street ministry, and it was really hard. He said, if we got one convert a month, we were happy. He said, this was different. We've pr it's been different. For the last five years, they've been doing this called Mission to Wales. So they do it for one week. They do it from 12 to 1 on the streets. And all the, there are 106 churches in New Wine, and all these valleys in different places in Wales. And so they go out, and they go out, and they just, teams, and they go out, and they literally, they pray. They're very prophetic. And they love to pray for the sick. Come on, somebody. Right. The Welsh revival is happening. It's just not in the same package. Right. Yeah. So Julian's wife and another gal were out just doing their thing. Just wait. Go talk to that lady. So they went to this lady and they said, um, began to share, hi, we're from Cornerstone Church and we're just sharing some good news today. Would you like to hear some good news? She's like, didn't even respond. She goes, we're just sharing the good news of Jesus. And she, she immediately, the woman goes, I'm an atheist. Okay, uh, well, you know, uh, is there anything, anything we could pray for? I'm an atheist. She's just like, I'm an atheist. I was like, get lost. And the whole time, they're trying to have a conversation, and she's pushing on her hip and going like this. I, I'm an atheist. No, I don't believe in God. I'm, I'm an atheist. And finally, Sarah goes, are you in pain? Well, yes, I, I have a bad hip be all right could we just pray for you pray for that pain well, I suppose <laughs> laid hands on her God healed her immediately the pain left yeah. She's like, would you like to meet the God that just healed you right. yes I think I would <laughs> and she got saved now I'm saying people won't refuse prayer right. people need prayer yeah. what's wrong with us <laughs> we're so we need to be shouting. We have the answer to your needs. Rejoice over her, heaven, saints, apostles, and prophets. God has given judgment for you against her. So when you go to Walmart and when you go to the store, you are Christ's representative. Why are there apostles and prophets? To go, thank God Dwight's going to Africa and I don't have to go. Thank God. No, you're going to go to Walmart. You're going to go to Circle K. That's where you're going. 
He might get on an airplane and go, but you're going. You're going to leave this building today, and you're going. You're apostolic to be sent. You're being sent out. And the apostolic nature of Christ will send you to where he wants you to be. Come on, somebody. It doesn't have to be Africa. You write down Courtright. And in that, you might get a prophetic word. I'm sorry, but are you okay? I notice you're troubled. There's some gal in Walmart with four kids trying to corral them and you know, check out. And, <laughs> and you, just, you grab a couple extra candy bars and say, I want to give this to your kids. They, they're awesome. Your kids are beautiful. And she's going, they're driving me crazy. Yeah, but you, know, you don't know what little things, Holy Spirit, see, that's apostolic and prophetic. Right. Don't, don't embellish it. Live it. Just live it. Live the apostolic life. You know, I'm going to close with this. The, the greatest picture I've ever seen from Scripture of Jesus walking in all of his anointings, which is what our goal is. Why are there apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers to equip the saints? To get that, the Christos, in you. So that you can make judgment against Babylon when you're around it. You can evaluate and go, that's Babylon. They need, they need to be set free. I need to bring the kingdom. They're in darkness. I need to help them. How can I help you? Help me. How can I help you? Are you okay? Everybody's got a COVID story. Did you know that? Right. And all my traveling this past year, you can't help it. The first conversation we all have is, a, so, how's your church today? What are you doing? How's COVID? <laughs> Everybody's got, you can even say to somebody, how do you open up conversation? How are you doing, how are you doing in this crazy world? How's it going for you? Beth? What's, what's going on? Don't ask them if they've been V'd. But anyways, but. <laughs> Anybody in your family? How, how can I pray for you? Oh my gosh. So Jesus comes to the woman at the well, John 4. Watch, all five of his anointings flow seamlessly in one conversation from one person. Celebrate the one. Celebrate the one. We get caught up in mass. Largeness. We handed out 5,000 bottles of water last Saturday at the outreach, yeah? And? But Sarah Green, daughter, was sick in the hospital, and we prayed for her, and then one of our sisters went and visited Sarah Green's daughter in the hospital. And Sarah came to church on Sunday, and she got saved. Celebrate the one. So Jesus shows up at noon at a well in Samaria. Unlikely time, but why? He was sent. Come on, he was apostolic. What? Go where the Father tells you to go. Even if it's like, why am I going to a well at noon? Right. And this lady walks up. Because God sent his son there apostolically. And he engages in a pastoral conversation. Hey, can I have some water? <laughs> Just being nice. Can you give me a drink of water? Why are you asking me for a drink of water? Well, actually, I have water. You don't even know about it. And if you drank my water, you'd have eternal life. Now he's evangelistic. Come on, somebody. He's flowing. He's apostolic because he's been sent by the Father to be at the right place at the right time for the right person. And now he's being pastoral. Everything has to have a pastoral overlay. Don't call yourself a prophet and not love people. He's pastoring her. He's evangelizing her. I have living water. 
if you drink of this water, you'll never thirst again. I want some of this water. He goes, good, go call your husband. Now he's a prophet. Yeah. Come on. He's just flowing. I'm apostolic. I'm pastoral. I'm evangelistic. Now I'm prophetic. Uh, some say we should worship over here, and some say, well, actually, let me teach you now what worship really is. And he flows into teaching. When all is said and done, what happens to her? She's transformed, and Christos has come into her life. He's opened up the kingdom of heaven, and now she goes. She's apostolic. She goes to the village. She's a proclaimer. She evangelizes. Say, come see a guy who told me everything about my life. And the cycle should be continuous in our lives. Christos flowing in us. Don't limit it and say, well, Dwight's going to Africa, so he's apostolic. No, you are too. You're prophetic. Not just Sunday after church. Be prophetic on the job. Be prophetic at the gas station. Be prophetic. Just be listening. God, what do you want me to do? Who do I want me to say it to? Be evangelistic. You got the greatest news. You're a gospel proclaimer. Talk about yourself. Just close over you. Bad for me, but I want to tell you something. If I go to this church, I tell you what, if it weren't for my church, I'd never make it. Right. Proclaim the goodness. Right. So, I got other stuff, but I'm going to stop for a minute. Um, so, Dwight, you said something yesterday. It just went off inside me. I prayed about it. I just felt like. going to go to Asia. God's going to open Asia to you. God's going to do it. I don't know how, but it's a rela- relational something. Go. Go to Asia. You pray about it. You ask God. Don't nilly-willy about it. Be very specific. And God's going to send you to Asia. There's a massive harvest going on. It's going to happen. The transition is going to happen faster than you think. Caleb. I love, I love your idea. I love your plan. You guys work. I'm just so happy for your church. But there's acceleration coming. I don't like the, the year of. I'm not a year of prophecy guy. Sorry. Do you have a word for the year? Read your Bible every day. Every day. Why? Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus didn't say get a word for the whole year. You know what? How many people in December went back over prophecies from, 20, from January 2021 and, and read through them and kind of said, yep, that happened. Nope, that didn't happen. Oh, that did. Betty probably <laughs> By March. We're not thinking about the January prophecies for the whole year. Give us this day our daily bread. But let me just say you're in a season. Now, God works in times and seasons. Ecclesiastes 3. It's going to be a season of acceleration. That's all I'm going to say. God's ramping it up and speeding it up. Jude makes a, gives a picture. He talks about clouds with no rain. Brother, you're the cloud. She's the rain. She's your rainmaker. All due respect, I love Caleb. This gal, she's the rainmaker. Now, you, the cloud moves into position. God's going to give you a strategy on where, where to be, when, what to water, when. Bro, she's the rain. She's going to make it happen. There are ideas in you. This thing about a youth council, I'm going to go back to it. 
it's actually more, she's gonna produce rain out of the, the youth council. You're gonna go, yeah, that's great, Tuesday night, oh, you're having the youth council thing? Great, and inside you're going, oh my gosh. <laughs> they don't get too wild. There's some wild ideas coming. Let them come, get them on the table. Get them on the table. Another thing I just felt in praying for you guys, there's a conference you're gonna go to, I don't know when, it's gonna radically change your thinking. Be available, that's all. Explore, be available. I have a couple recommendations I'll even give you, but I just felt like these guys are gonna to get to a place and they're gonna see something, hear something, model something that's gonna radically revolutionize the way you're gonna proceed. Get on the train, bro. Not that you're not, it's like the train's moving and it's gonna pick up speed. And you're just primed for it. You're primed, this is your time. Amen. This guy, I've talked to him. He's not going to get in your way. He's going to cheer from you at the sidelines. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You guys need to shift and say, whatever they say, do it. You know, when Jesus showed up, the first miracle he ever did, wedding of Cana, John 2, he revealed his operating system. He came in. He said, we've run out of wine. There's no wine. He goes, Woman, what do I have to do with thee? My time has not come. His time what? My time to reveal my source hasn't come. Nobody knew what his source was. Except his mom. You need more wine. I did bring you wine. You, you, you can do something, son. Why? You have a source. Woman, my time has not come to reveal my source yet. And then Mary said, watch what she said. Whatever he says, Nike, Nike, Nike didn't, that's not original. That came out of John 2. Right. Whatever he says, do it. I'm going to say that, bro. Whatever he says, do it. Apostolic execution follows prophetic declaration. You can declare it and prophesy it until the cows come home, but if you don't do it, come on, somebody. Do it. Be radical. Take risks. That's how a Christian spells faith. R-I-S-K. Right. Take a risk. God's going to supply for you. Reach your neighborhood. I'm going to leave you with three things. Number one, in crisis, this is not going to go away. You've got to reach the lost. That's why I said, in love, every Sunday needs to be invitation Sunday. You've got to reach the lost. Number two, help the hurting. It's a perfect setup right now. People are hurting everywhere. Help them. God will pour tons of money into anything you want to do to help the hurting. He'll pour it in. You know, there's no money, there's no money shortage in the kingdom. Come on, he's a king. He owns it all. You say, God, we want to reach these people. He goes, well, how much you need? Put it on, put it down, pray over it, and boom. We're gonna do it. Uh, this, uh, excuse me, uh, that's not quite in the budget. It's in God's budget. It'll come. Help the hurting. Number three, reach the next generation. You've got to. I just, I, I woke up, I told Dwight I woke up at three this morning, was up from three to five praying, and I just, this whole thing about the next generation has got to happen. You're right in that pivot point. Getting a little gray there, brother, but uh, you know, you still got a little, you got savvy, you understand the youth, you, you've worked in youth, but you've got to do all you can, pull out all the stops. That's right. What prevents teenagers 
from coming here? You got friends? You have no friends? That girl's awfully close to you. She's kind of leaning on you. <laughs> Still. I know, you're, you're good. Um, but seriously, it's like, do you just feel totally comfortable inviting your friends to church? Hey, why don't you come with me? Why, aren't the, why isn't that seat? I'm just kidding. No, really. Find a way. Talk to Caleb. Oh, I got some friends with him. They're weirded out about church. Well, find an event. Make an event happen. Do a music night. Do something here on Friday night. Do, don't have to be at this building. Get them. Yeah, we're going to go paintballing with our youth group. What? Don't even call it youth group. That kind of turns people off. A bunch of us are getting together with youth group. Yeah, we all go to the same church, but yeah. I mean, find a way. Reach them. They're hurting. They need you. They need you. How old are you? How old? 16. Got any 16-year-old friends? 15? Do you have any friends? We're going to pray friends in for you. Reach them. Hang out with them. Invite them over. Get some pizza. Talk to them about God, what God has done in your life. Remember, celebrate what God's done in your life. They overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Man, I was so screwed up, man. One night I just had to pray, and man, I, I can't. Be vulnerable. Be transparent. Talk about your defeats. Nobody wants to sit around and listen to a braggadocious say, "I God, and God did this, and God's so good, and God, and I, and God, and God." Man, I was really having a hard time. Going, now I, I can relate to you. Yeah. I, I, now I'm on the same page because I've been there. Come on, somebody, let's be real. Let's shout the message of the gospel. It's our finest hour. You'll be back in two services before you know it. God wants to bust this place open. But you've got to reach them. You've got to reach them, and you've got to build their lives. You've got all the tools. My God, you've got, you got Bible college, and you've got growth tracks, and you've got disciples. You've got everything to build someone's life, but you've got to get them in the, in the building. You've got to get them here. And don't give me that, how are you? Don't be so building-centered. Sorry, God likes buildings. I will build my church. He's, he's, he's okay. How many of you live in a house? Anybody live in a house? How many never raise your hand in church? That's the rest of you. Okay, so you all live in a house. God's not against houses. He's not against buildings. And you have a great building, so use it. Fill it. Blow it up. Do whatever you have to do. Get people here. And reach more people. Amen. Father, I thank you for Redeemers and Courtyard Church. Thank you for the hour that they're in. Thank you for the thrust that's coming upon them. Thank you for the acceleration. Not only to the nations, to the neighborhoods. Don't lose sight of your neighborhoods and let the nations overshadow it. It's not wrong. It's just that they're just as important to God. I love what you did. You prayed for Dwight, all about Africa, but do you pray that way over the next neighborhood? You get the prophetic words about the next neighborhood? People down the street? You gather up here and pray over somebody that's going to go in to the neighborhood that Saturday with hot dogs and reach kids with balloons and clowns? Come on. I'm being practical here. We glamorize international missions sometimes, and I do a lot of them. 
So sometimes we glamorize them, and then you kind of back up and go, well, thank God Dwight's doing missions. We don't have to. <laughs> oh, yes, you do. Be missional. So, Father, thank you for this house. Thank you for the things you're going to stir in them. Father, we ask for witty inventions. We ask for the rain to come to water the earth and bring forth harvest for your glory. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. 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 Thank you. That was good. Amen. <laughs> the thing about Clem that I always appreciate is there's so much to process right. and, and go back and re-listen to, but there were so many things that you said I appreciate, especially personally, the neighborhood. Yeah. We, this is our neighborhood. Yeah. You know, Wherever there is a church planted, you have been planted by God, positioned there to exercise dominion and authority to enter into the pharisaical spirit with the boards of the apostles and the prophets. And so let's be released into that. And I'm actually going to talk into those things next week. And so it's going to be good. God, we thank you so much for what you have said. God, we, we pray, Lord Jesus, that you would uh, pinpoint by your Holy Spirit these things, Father, as we uh, are mindful and we meditate and we ponder in the same way, Mary treasured the word of the Lord. Father, I pray that we would treasure what has been spoken today. And God, that you would pinpoint and highlight the things that we need to step into in the days to come. Give us direction, guidance, wisdom to be able to see, Father, what has been spoken manifest in our midst of it. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week.